We continue our read our, with our reading today from uh, Matthew 25. It's the assigned gospel for this Reign of Christ you are Sunday. To uh, Matthew 25, Echo, verses 31 through 46. Of St. John's Lutheran Jesus Church, said to the disciples, the When the Son of Man like comes in his glory, thank you for listening, and, and all the angels with us. him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory. All the nations will be gathered before him. And he will separate people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will put the sheep at his right hand, the goats at the left. Then the king will say to those at his right hand, Come, you that are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you took care of me. I was in prison and you visited me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry and gave you food or thirsty and gave you something to drink? And when was it that we saw you a stranger and welcomed you or naked and gave you clothing? And when was it that we saw you sick or in prison and visited you? And the king will answer them, Truly I tell you, just as you did it to one of the least of these who are members of my family, you did it to me. Then he will say to those at his left hand, You that are accursed, depart from me into eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. And I was a stranger, and you did not welcome me. Naked, and you did not give me clothing. Sick and in prison, and you did not visit me. Then they also will answer, Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry, or thirsty, or a stranger, or naked, or sick, or in prison? and did not take care of you. Then he will answer them, Truly I tell you, just as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. Here ends our Gospel reading for this Reign of Christ Sunday. Well, your Thanksgiving turkey is by now a sandwich, or a bowl of soup, or in the garbage. Somehow, most of us made it through another Thanksgiving spent with family that we would just as soon avoid. My uncle in Virginia was an avid Civil War buff. So am I. The difference is that my uncle was still fighting the Civil War. That loss still resonates through parts of the southern United States. This unresolved anger would always create some kind of tension during family gatherings. The only time you could release a sigh of relief was when you were on the plane heading home. Family time and defining family is always an interesting and sometimes treacherous journey. Uh, we see this journey unfolding in our gospel reading for the day. Uh, the journey begins with the proclamation that when the Son of Man returns, all the nations, all of the nations shall be gathered before him. That word all is a tricky one. What do we mean by all? Packer fans? Catholics? Missouri Synod? Evangelicals? The word all is challenging if we are serious about its implications. It is a very messy world, a word 
in a world so easily divided by our own judgments of who is in and who is not, who is true and who is fake. The other day I was at the gym. Now there are three things I hate about the gym. Number one, people who talk way too loud to each other as if the rest of us care about what they have to say. We don't. Number two, people who do one set of a particular lift on a particular machine and then sit there staring at their phone for way longer than they need to. Number three, people who talk on the phone through their ear pods as they work out. Like group one, these folks always talk way too loudly. Again, as if the rest of us care about what they have to say. We don't. This past week, one of the loud phone conversations was about fake Christians. How important it was to find and call to account the fake Christians among us. Fake Christians included any Christian who fell outside of this particular person's moral compass. Never mind the faith of these fake Christians. What mattered was their works, their morality, not their faith. All of this helps me remember that being family, uh, living in community, is never easy. It is messy. And Jesus makes it even more messy when he shares today's parable about a king who seems to care about people I don't care about. Like, for example, when I'm at an intersection with somebody holding a cardboard sign, my window goes down. My window goes up, not down. Likewise, the religious leaders of Jesus' day were all excited when Jesus shares a parable about separating the sheep from the goats, a common practice of shepherds then and now as they prepare to shear their sheep. You can shear a sheep, but you cannot shear a goat, so the two must be separated. And if you've ever watched a sheep being sheared, then you may want to rethink being a sheep. It's not easy being a sheep. Your survival rate increases if you are a goat. In the fact, there are benefits to being both. Something the religious leaders of Jesus' day did not want to hear. They knew in their own minds who were the sheep and who were the goats. They just needed someone to affirm their assumptions. They had already divided the world into winners and losers, the accepted and the rejected, the true and the fake. Finally, Jesus, the true Messiah, would make sure the righteous, the true believers, would get, would get what they deserved, eternal life. The righteous, the fake believers, would get what they deserved, eternal punishment. But then there's a twist thrown into the parable. Apparently both the sheep and the goats misunderstand or misinterpret the mission of the Messiah. They both get it wrong. So do we. This parable is not the old story about the righteous and unrighteous getting what they deserve. Jesus is, in, is spinning an entirely new tale. The distinguishing feature in this story is not what group to whom you belong. The distinguishing feature of today's parable is a characteristic only the shepherd judge seems able to see, not us. A moment later, Jesus clues his listeners in on that characteristic. 
It's whether they've lived with compassion rather than judgment. Or as one author writes, it's not ethnicity, but empathy. Not membership, but mercy. Not lineage, but love. One of the treasures of New York's Metropolitan Museum of Art is the portrait of Juan de Perilla by Diego Velasquez. This artist painted this young man, Juan, uh, clad in the garb of a well-to-do Spaniard in 1650. The painting received universal acclaim for its realistic detail. Juan is sitting in three-quarter profile, looking back over his right shoulder at the artist. The light of emotion emanates from his eyes, but there's a sort of uncertainty, even mystery as well. He, he doesn't appear to be entirely comfortable having his likeness painted. One other feature stands out about this portrait. The man's face is black. Juan is clearly of African origin, or at least in part. That's surprising, because in 17th century Spain, a person with black skin was more than likely a slave or indentured servant. But this man is dressed in the clothing of the gentry, not the slave. The winners, not the losers. The collar around his neck is made not of iron, but of lace. The irony behind the painting is that Juan de Perilla was a slave. He was the property of the artist who painted his portrait. He was his personal household indentured servant, but not for long. Months after painting this portrait, Velasquez signed a letter of emancipation that liberated per, uh, uh, Perilla from bondage. Once that document took effect, Juan worked as an independent painter in Madrid, just like his former owner, producing portraits and paintings of religious subjects. His masterpieces hang in museums around the world. Somewhere in this old legend lies the truth that Jesus looks to establish among us, a truth that sets us free from judgments and divisions so that we can all be family, a community whose faith in Jesus shapes their love for each other, including the least of those who are members of our spiritual family. Because like it or not, we are all in this mission of Christ together, from the greatest to the least. Amen. And now, God's word is alive in us again, anew. And we get the blessing of being called to let it echo through us, out into the world in which we live. Everyone, if you wish to give your offering now in support of this podcast and of the work and ministry of St. John's Lutheran Church in Lakeville, Minnesota, I invite you to go to our website, at sjlcl.org. I'll repeat that for you, sjlcl.org. Up toward the top right, you will see a button that says Give. Click on Give and follow the simple instructions to give your offering. And on behalf of the whole congregation, let me say 
Thank you for giving in support of these ministries. And now, receive a blessing from Kate Bowler from her book, The Lives We Actually Have. This is a blessing called, For This Ordinary Day. Lord, here I am. How strange it is that some days feel like hurricanes and others like glassy seas and others like nothing much at all. Today is a cosmic shrug. My day planner says rather conveniently that I will not need you, cry out for you, reach for you. Ordinarily, I might not think of you at all. Except, if you don't mind, let me notice you. Show up in all the small necessities and everyday graces. God, be bread, be water, be laundry, be the coffee cup in my hands and the reason to calm down in traffic. Be the gentler tone in my insistence today that people pick up after themselves for once. Be the reason I feel loved when I catch my own reflection or feel my own self-loathing fluttering in my stomach. Calm my mind, lift my spirit, make this dumb, ordinary day my prayer of thanks. Amen. And peace be with you, my friends.